You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Welcome to the Pixels and Ink Podcast, episode 285, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Mior, and joining me today are the amazing panel of experts we have. I've got Brendan Fry. Hello there. And joining us from far away in the northern parts of Ontario, we have Jordan Biorti. You think I'm an expert? That's so sweet. Nah, I just said that to make you feel good. Oh, well, I mean, it was, the sentiment was nice regardless. Well, that's, as you know, as long as you felt loved, <laughs> and 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 last but not least, we have a special appearance by the amazing Cole Watson. This isn't the Anime Research Society. What am I doing here? Uh, oh, stop plugging! <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, fellow listeners, if you want to listen to the Anime Research Society, you can catch us every uh, every Wednesday on CG Mag Online. But hey, there we go. So, uh, how's everyone doing? We're good. How are I'm you, Cole? I'm doing good. Thank you for joining us. Hey, no problem. Anytime. It's really great. I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm just enjoying uh, my coffee, and I've got some cartridges beside me, but that's unrelated. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't that know what like you're talking about. Experience something else. Every every Wednesday, every other Wednesday. <laughs> plug plug plug. <laughs> no, it's it's every under. Well, it's actually been every Friday, uh, every other Friday because well, it's we've just been because kind of yeah, it in. But it will be every other Monday. I think. No, Anime Research Society is on Mondays. Anime Research Society no, is on Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Oh, what what the? Where have I been? Yeah, I don't know. No, it's because we've been updating uh, coffee and cartridges with uh, in the pixels and ink feed. But uh, soon it's going rogue on its own. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where that goes. Cool. Yeah. Well. All right. But people are here to hear about all the news that's happening in the amazing industry uh, this week. So let's get started with some of the games that are coming out this that have come out within the last two weeks uh, yeah. since we didn't do a Pixels Name last week. Um, so first things first, coming out at the end of this week, we have uh, Kirby Star Allies, which everyone seems did, to be really excited about. Did any yeah, of you get to play the demo? No, I didn't. Pl- did you play it? Oh my god, it's so good! It's yeah? so good. Tell us about it. Um, well, it's only, it was only two levels. It was like the first level. And then I think probably like it was what's going to be the end of like the first world, I guess, because you do the big, uh, swole DDD fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but like just how much they're doing with like the, uh, the partner system seems like very, very, uh, interesting. Like, I, like it's, it was very basic in the demo, but you can kind of see that they did build this game very much around like solving puzzles and doing stuff very specifically with the teammates. Like I really liked initially too how like it got back to having like what were essentially the bad guys join up with Kirby. Cause that was something that was in um, Kirby superstar, which was my favorite Kirby game where like yeah. you could like, make a partner character and that like, that could be like your player too. If you had uh, someone to play with you, um, so that was really cool. And I like to see that they were getting back. Plus they brought back yo-yo, which is my favorite power of all time. And it's mm-hmm. like so adaptable with every other power. Like, Oh, it just makes me so happy. That sounds great. And it uh, looks gorgeous too. Like so much detail that like that comes from like a system like the switch being a lot more powerful than, um, most like, uh, Nintendo consoles that like Kirby has been on. He's really been delegated. I think mostly to, at least in the traditional games, because, 
Kirby's uh, canvas curse or the one that was on the Wii U, like that was beautiful. Yeah. Um, the only thing that kind of sucked about it was that through the nature of what it was, you could only really play it on the gamepad. And it's like this, you have this beautiful, like whole game that looks like it's made of clay and you want to see it on an HD screen, but you're stuck staring at this little, like, I think it was like 640. Like it wasn't even 720, the gamepad screen. Like, mm-hmm. so like it was, it was a big letdown, but most Kirby games have been in like 16 bits. So like to see a game this gorgeous, um, like being a, and with like with how much like imagination and these just like intricate levels that come with the Kirby world, like it's just absolutely breathtaking. Oh, that sounds amazing! I'm so um, excited for it. Yeah, well, yeah. So you can uh, check out Jed Whitaker's review of Kirby Star Allies uh, this week on CG Mag Online. Uh, I know he's been really enjoying it too. So I think you two will have a lot to talk about when uh, when when that's up, which is cool. Um, moving along, something that came out on March sixth uh, was. Bravo team um, from Supermassive Games. So those who did um, uh, until until dawn, until dawn, until dawn, yeah, and the inpatient, and the inpatient, um, and like the inpatient, it's again meeting some pretty disappointing reviews. So uh, this is the VR, FPS, yeah, right. So it's a VR like FPS, just ha- or just handling all VR titles, mm. and they all seem kind of, hey, we need VR games, make this a thing. Was this the one we saw at E3 last year? That mm-hmm. was incredibly rough. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. That was the, like VR one. They're like, oh, it's like an Ubisoft demo, but dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Even the I game had like, not heard a word about this game. I'm just looking at it now. Like, this is the first I'm hearing about this, and it's weird because I like Supermassive a lot. So it's... I know, uh, but unfortunately, what? this year they've had such a, a run, a hard run of their VR titles. I think uh, their horror one was probably the best of the bunch but the inpatient or sorry the, the one that was sort of a connection to until dawn what was that one called russian blood was the russian blood yeah yeah no the inpatient was its own standalone title um it just met with like reviews over the sense that it was kind of bland and apparently that's kind of what's going on with uh bravo team from what i'm seeing but again i haven't played this so i can't really stand no judgment but yeah it it's Honestly, looking at trailers and looking at some gameplay after release, it doesn't look too much different than what we saw at E3. So, no, it's not no. great. I wonder if it's if it's anything to do with the nature of VR too. Like, because the inpatient was another one that, again, like I didn't hear of anything about it or see like any trailers or anyone like talking about it until it came out and reviews were out. Yeah. And that surprises me because, like, as as what was supposed to be a prequel to Until Dawn, you think that that would be, like, something people would be talking about. I, I, I don't know. Is it because it's a VR thing and people just don't really think, like, take I, VR that seriously anymore? I think like, that's, that's part of the it. The fad um, is gone. I, I mean, it's it looks great in um, a press, uh, like, a press conference when you're just kind of showcasing what uh, possible things you're your systems can doing like it's the sony press conference like they want to showcase everything that the playstation pro is capable of and push very hard the uh psvr that so much has been sunk into and it's such a shame that um so many titles are kind of being pushed through like bravo team like the inpatient but when then we get like amazing titles such as moss which has been yeah. doing phenomenally well. It's a well thought out game. It's an like it, it's beautiful. The only problem was it's too short, and like that could do with a lot of different funding, different things. And I guess because VR isn't proving itself as 
you know, economically viable as most development teams and publishers want to see, they're not going to throw the money behind VR titles like that. And so we're going to get more of the inpatient and more of Bravo team and more of like broken Skyrim. (laughs) 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 So that's a shame. Um, I'm really hoping that like titles like Moss and Resident Evil 7 will start like allowing other teams to see that this is a possibility of something that can happen if they want to make this viable. But until at that point, probably not. Yeah, because right now with their marketing, it's just trusting word of mouth. They have no marketing push. Not even like on their... Uh, I don't even think there's like anything on the PlayStation blog from what I saw. For Bravo Team? Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I see is like what's up on Metacritic, a few people on reviews. Um, I know we're uh, going to have our review up uh, either by the time... by today when the podcast is out or possibly by next week so keep your eye out at cg mega online we've got uh, melanie emile doing that one and she is kind of our, our one of our resident vr experts on this and she loves super massive games so i'm kind of hoping i'm kind of hoping she'll have a really good perspective to see on that one all right so uh speaking of things that kind of came out of nowhere uh Guys, you remember a couple weeks ago when they uh, announced Burnout Paradise Remastered was happening? Oh, that's out. This I week. do. Guess what's out this week? Oh, Burnout Paradise, Paradise Remastered. Burnout. I can't yeah. say word. Yeah, so that's coming out on March 16th as well. Um, again, it's another one title I haven't played. So uh, other than like the original Burnout, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't even like. It looks pretty. I mean, I, I think I can't imagine this being particularly bad port. Like, I don't think there's too much you have to do to it to make it a, still a fun game. So I don't know. Yeah. Remasters can be hit and miss. It depends on how they really handle the optimization. But but see, here's the thing. It's it's kind of an easy fix as like a racing game in terms of like things you're not going to be. OK, this is this. I'm treading on water. I realize you're <laughs> looking at me, but I'm like, I'm thinking of this in, in terms of this. It, it had a limited number of tracks. It had a limited number of cars that it was working with. Yeah. And it, it ends up working on like a lot of the same skin. So, I mean, it's not the same as something like remastering like a huge open world or like a ton of different characters, I suppose. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just. It's I don't just think that I've still gotten things like really yeah. burned on like the Zoe 2 second runner yeah. remaster. Yeah. It was just terrible because the the frame rate just couldn't handle it. Yeah. And so you would have to go back to the PS2 copy because it was a superior experience. <laughs> oh man. To be fair though, Burnout Paradise came out on like the last generation of consoles. Yeah. So I really don't think it's that huge of a leap to go from like a PS3 uh, where a lot of games were being made for like Blu-ray optimization um, and slap it over to like a PS4 unless they're unless they went like 4K optimization and then it's like a whole different can of worms. But yeah, if it's just if it's really just if it's really like like I know it's easy to call things a remaster when realistically they're just a re-release. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if maybe we're just landing in that territory because it's like. It came out in what two thousand and eight, I think Burnout Paradise did. So I like, think so we can double check that. Somewhere in that time. Not, yeah, two thousand and eight. So like, it's not that old. Yeah, no, I, don't know. I would need to. I would need to see it. I, I know exactly. Well, we will on Friday, so that one should be uh, should be uh, an interesting an interesting thing. 
So hopefully that's cool. And uh, last but not least, we've got, uh, speaking of collections, I guess uh, this last one is coming out today, uh, the day we're recording this on March 13. Um, we've got Devil May Cry HD collection. Yeah. This, so. See, this one annoys me a little bit. I'll Why? be honest. I mean, because they already released an HD collection on the PS3 and Xbox 360. It's another one. Like, make a new Devil May Cry. Okay, to be yeah, I I mean, absolutely, I am with you on that one 100. I'd love to see another Devil May Cry, but I mean, this is just an easy thing to keep people's minds on it. Um, and people is such a big fan base. I wouldn't see why they wouldn't release this on on like the new gen consoles. Does this one come with DMC? That's what I want to know because that's really know. like let's find out. That's probably the best one out of all of them, and I'm saying it. Three oh. rated man. Nah. Oh, dude, I have totally. To disagree they, with you on that one, Jordan. They they reinvented the the series in such an interesting way, and I love it. Like, I'm sorry, like. No, you know what? Everyone talks about three, like it's so good, and it's like, oh yeah, because I love going into every like hour long level with only one style, and I can't use all my sword moves because I'm using gun stuff. Like, give me a break. That's the thing. Four, I would say that three four is was my one favorite. half of a good game. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um. So in- I would say one's my favorite, actually. Yeah. I'd you know what? Actually, two. I liked one and two the best. Three two was had fun. a terrible story, but yeah. two had the best controls Thank out of you. all of the games. The like, story was awful, but the gameplay and oh was my god, a ton of fun. Like, like they that it. was the only one where they actually integrated all of like Dante's move set into like a fluid control scheme. It looks like this one does not come with DLC. Uh, DMC. Oh. It's just Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry two, One, two and Devil three. May Cry. Yeah, three. But the special. See, edi- hold on, but the special edition of three as well. So, that, but again, but that's so weird that they didn't even put four into it. Like they're not even updating it. Like it's just the same thing. Like I, it, I don't know. It, it annoys me. It annoys me a little bit. I would love to see it at least either Devil May Cry five or DMC two. Like one or the other. Make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I'm kind of like hot. And it's cold. not like Capcom doesn't have money. They just made like 5.6 million dollars or something on. Oh, they just sold 5.6 million yeah. copies of uh, of Monster, Monster Hunter, Hunter World. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so let's just actually from that point, let's actually take into that because uh, into some more game news. So, uh, reports from last week came back, and Monster Hunter World is the best selling Cap- Capcom game yet. So, as you were saying, it sold what was it five point I know over 7.5 million copies. 7.5. I think the last story I read was it it was at 5.6. But if it's at 7 now, like, that's not as... I mean, add one more to that because I just bought it today. (laughs) So the previous best one was Resident Evil 5, which sold 7.3 million copies. So... There we go. Um, I mean, I don't. Bl- I, I don't blame the uh, like. This is I don't blame. What am I talking about? It makes about? sense for five because yeah. it was like the first co-op Resident Evil, and everyone was hyped on four. So it's like, okay, I'll buy a copy. My friend buys a copy. Yeah, hey, we have so. a fun time. And it, it looked enough like four, I guess, that people mm-hmm. wanted it. <laughs> yeah. And, except it was just it's in Africa instead of like Mexico. Yeah. But so there was that controversy behind it too. Hmm. Controversy, and we know how that controversy always sells, right? Yeah, it's true. (laughs) So, okay, fine, but anyway, accept that. 
Yeah, so um, it's just getting better and better for Capcom. Uh, you know what? But that's uh, sort of uh, building on that. Like, I, I, it's really, it's always good news to me, and, and I especially like to hear because I think we talked about this a couple podcasts ago. Mm-hmm. Um, to hear that Monster Hunter World is selling so well, um, because like because mainly it got a like a a worldwide release, and Capcom is always very hesitant on releasing Monster Hunter in the West. Yeah. Um, I think we, I, I guess they just always thought that there wasn't a huge fan base for it. So the fact that it is selling like hotcakes, particularly, especially here in the West, um, like makes me hopeful that they'll start bringing more Monster Hunter to like and like localizing it because like I'm still bummed out that they haven't brought um, Double Cross yeah. for the Switch. To, I, I like, know you and a whole bunch of other people are really American. I like I this is my first foray into a monster hunter. So yeah. like I, I don't have the history that like say you or Cole have with the, the series. And so I totally understand. Um it's like they did a smart thing by paying attention to the landscape of the North American market before they brought it over here. Like creating an open world and creating an online multiplayer experience um was probably the best possible way that you could prepare uh like well, introduce a, this sort of thing, and on such an ex- accessible, such accessible platforms, right? See, yeah, that's what I was going to say because, like, realistically, um, Monster Hunter has never really been like you know, has never not been like quote unquote open world. Like the mm-hmm. levels were all um, like sort of like open in that sense, except they they were just because it was on like it was on always on um, like handheld software. Like it had, they sort of had to be like segmented into levels, but like the way that they sort of like, um, like moved into each other and like monsters would like move between levels, like it's really kind of the same thing, um, in theory, Mm -hmm. just not as like, not as, um, uh, open in the sense that just like you don't have to like hit a loading screen when you go to another part of the map. Yeah. Like, even like when you in, in Monster Hunter World, like you can see when you open your map how the levels are like how the uh, are divided into like sections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're still. So it was always like that. Zones. Yeah, and like and even like too like like um, on the handheld ones too, like they were really realistically always meant to be played with a group of people. Oh, absolutely! Um, but to make it as like accessible in terms of like uh, consoles that they're using right now. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah, absolutely that, that too, and I think. I think it's got a big thing to do too with just like the the technology that's available to them with um, the PS4. Like you can make Monster Hunter just look like Monster Hunter World looks like absolutely like stunning. Yeah. Um, and in, I think in doing that, it probably brought a lot more people into it because they were like, "Oh my god, look at this like amazing game that has these like huge, almost like real looking monsters that you can hunt." Like. Yeah, they probably they made they probably made it look larger than life, which is probably why more people wanted to get into it. Oh, you! But just to plug coffee and cartridges, it's just kind of we we kind of talked about this in the podcast. But the fact that they created such a heavily intensively visual, um, like look to something the property that has such a hardcore fan base yeah. and brought it to life in that way is absolutely the selling point for new uh entries alike so not that it matters sorry i'm actually a little surprised that japan's eating this one up as much as they are really why yeah, because 
Japan's a very portable society mm-hmm. when I look at it. It's just that they love their portables. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's a fair statement. Yeah. And so now them moving back to console, World was really marketed for us. Yeah. Uh, just to introduce us to the fan base because people were sick of the 3DS ones. They didn't want to go back to, to like PS2 or PS1 era graphics mm-hmm. and mess with that terrible control scheme. Yeah. They wanted something oh, yeah, rough. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what are you doing over there? Who, me? Yeah. Um, is, your puppy, is your puppy on podcast again? Possibly. <laughs> and he was, he was kind of going under the couch. I stopped him again. Oh, this my time. gosh. <laughs> didn't want to repeat him last time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, we, should, we should make her a, a regular guest, seriously. Uh, him? Him. Sorry, I thought it was her. I don't know. Whatever, no, it's, it's an Louis animal. is his name. Louis? Oh, I thought you said Louise. <laughs> no, Louis. It's, spelled, I, it's not spelt that way. My sister spells it L-O-U-I-E, like, because she named, it was supposed to be Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Um, but I always spell it like L-O-U-I-S, like Louis. Aww. <laughs> Cute puppy. All right, moving along. Um, yes. Guys, I got the best news. What's the best news? So, um... You guys all saw, I'm sure some of you have seen like trailers and hints of Jeff Goldblum being in a new Jurassic Park game. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, it's no, a mo- movie. The movie. No, game, man. Oh, it's the game. Yeah. I didn't see the evolution there in the in the show notes. Yeah. I apologize. I thought we were just like Jurassic Park World. I was like, eh, people already know this. So, yeah. Well, well that that's that. But anyway, so <laughs> not only is he in – is he possibly into the new movie. Um, I haven't confirmed that, but you guys say it was there. So uh, oh, I trust your journalism and your journalistic integrity. But he's also reprising his role as Dr. Ian Malcolm in the upcoming Jurassic Park World Evolution. Which is uh, Ooh, what is this now? So okay. Anyway, it's it's basically going to be a business style game, um, and it's a team up between Universal and um, what's uh, the the team behind uh, Elite Dangerous uh, Frontier Development, and okay. uh, yeah, yeah. So he uh, they just announced officially today that he will be there, and his role will be to help you with your moral decisions throughout the park as you're expanding it. Um, And it's supposed to come out this summer for uh, Xbox One, PS4, and PC. And um, it's probably going to be Zoo Tycoon with dinosaurs, but I am so okay with this. I mean, there was already... And then you just get Jeff Goldblum coming and telling you not to play God. (laughs) (laughs) Really, all I want him to tell me is that life... Finds a way. Finds a way. Finds a way. What was the other one? We were we were looking at quotes to actually go along with this. When you gotta go. You gotta yeah. go. Uh, the, what was the the one we were talking? Oh, now we're gonna let we're gonna let everyone down. Yeah, we're, we're letting everyone down. down. We're letting you guys <laughs> down. Chaos, chaos, I want him to be my advisor. Where I just want him to critique every move I make. What you're putting <laughs> T Rexes in now? Why? <laughs> you uh, uh uh put the T Rex over there now. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what i want or i want him in a cage i want him to be an exhibit <laughs> just jeff goldblum they're just jeff just goldblum being just attended jeff, by jeff goldblum all over the place. oh man actually you guys want to hear some uh speaking of like movie star movie related news okay um i was reading i'm gonna fill in a little bit for uh phil 
And I was reading today, uh, last last podcast that we had when we spoke very briefly about the Teen Titans Go movie. Yeah. You want to know who they cast as Superman oh, I heard in this. the no. Teen Titans Go movie? No, I didn't hear this. Who they cast? Nicholas Cage. Yes! <laughs> so we will finally get our Nicholas Cage Superman that we were promised so many years ago. Oh my goodness. <laughs> It makes me so happy. You know what? I, I'm everything. Everything I hear and see about the Teen Titans Go movie, it just makes me more excited for it. That I have, I you know, uh, yeah, that's gonna be exciting. But yeah, it's not for you, Lisa. No, I don't You're care. One of us. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. I'm too old. I'm too old for Teen Titans, guys. Um, yeah, we're leaving for the teens. That's who we. Re- that's youngins, who they relate to. You youngins that can outlast. <laughs> um, the, uh, oh, go ahead. No, 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 sorry. I was, no. I was just gonna ramble. No, that's okay. You can ramble. Go ahead. Um, no, no, let's go. Let's right. go. We're gonna Come talk on. about my favorite thing in the whole world now. Oh uh, no, actually, we're gonna talk about one more thing that was actually kind of important. Oh, yeah, before we okay. get to that, because I know that's gonna take okay, the bulk of our podcast. But anyway, Fortnite is coming to mobile, and uh, so Woo. it's coming to iOS okay. and Android. I, mean, I actually just Royal started game. playing. Sorry, Cole. You, I was, yeah. I was okay. yeah, sorry. Okay. Uh, okay, no, you go first. Go ahead, please. Cole. They were already winning the Battle Royale game, and this just cinches the deal, really. So how do, – is there uh, – I, I didn't look into this very deeply, but how is this going to work? So um, it is cross-play, actually. Really? With everything except Xbox One. Of course. <laughs> of course. But I just don't understand. Who wants this? Like, I would understand... Uh, maybe the same people who want to play Minecraft on their phones. Yeah, but against people who are on PC and PS4, it's like they have such a disadvantage. See, I actually just started playing Fortnite recently, and I don't know if maybe I'm just too old for it, yeah. but I did not enjoy myself. I don't... I, I, I think... Mean... I don't know. I think I'm reaching that age where... Like, I don't have patience for, for baloney anymore. Yeah. Like, like I liked the idea of Fortnite. Um, you know, I really liked, like, conceptually what it was doing. Like, you jump into a game. There's a whole bunch of other people. You got to, like, forage a little bit. You got to find weapons and you got to stay alive. But then it's always plays out the same way. You, you know, stay alive for, like, five minutes. You find some cool guns and you... You know, get some materials for crafting stuff should the need arise. And then some jerk just comes out of nowhere with a shotgun and smokes you. And you can't hit him because <laughs> he's bouncing around like Tigger with a shotgun. Yeah. And it's just like, and then it's like, okay, now you're back to the lobby and just play again. And I'm just like, can I just play Dark Souls, please? <laughs> if I'm going to play a game that's just going to like aggravate me, no. I want to feel like I'm achieving something. So does that mean you really love PUBG? I never played PUBG, but again, like I, I don't know. I don't. I, I mainly because it's still a beta, and I'm not gonna spend money on that. Like it's still in early access. Do you think it's ever gonna um, leave that early access? Probably not. I don't uh, see why it would. Not if they keep raking in money yeah. the way that they're breaking it in. Like I don't see that why they would ever have to update it in any way well, and are, actually release a finished product. They are updating it regularly. Like the latest patch is coming out or just came out. I think it's just- okay, then if they if they're keeping on top of it, then yeah, they'll probably bring it to like a finished version at some point because they're probably going to want to bring it to consoles and stuff too. Yeah, um, but uh, anyway, going um, back to Fortnite, 
I have no idea how this is going to work on mobile in terms of controls. Like, Cole, you were absolutely it's right. It's going to be bad. Yeah. How, how are you going to compete with PC or a console player? Like, it just makes no sense yeah. to me. When you have less like, DPI of like 200, 400 or whatever, just to get like super precise aim, no one on mobile is going to get that. That's why no. you need like a dedicated server just for like mobile users. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to come with an amazing share of problems. Oh, and. Yes. I would I would say at, at if nothing else, um, anyone who's using like one of those like Mad Cats controller adapters for mobile might oh, stand. Like yeah, but why? Yeah, but that defeats the whole purpose of playing it on your phone. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't I know. Living like, for this, I, it's kind of amazing. <laughs> it might be just like I don't know because like those those little because there was like the one that I reviewed way way back that was like kind of like compact so you could kind of just like put it in your jacket pocket and then i guess if you ever wanted to like take it out you can just like and you slip it onto your phone that way um but yeah no i think you're right i think it does kind of defeat the purpose yeah. of why you would just not play it on a console port it to switch let's just just do that there you yeah, go that's, that's all that's was what it's waiting yeah. for is just a switch port just port it to switch <laughs> don't bother with that port it to switch anyway that's uh that finally jordan you can you can speaking lead this of one. switch you can lead this one. Oh god that Nintendo Direct, though, yeah. like every every time we get one, I just love it because it's so great to see how easily Nintendo can just roll out news like this without having to wait for like a big conference. Yeah. So we got and a ton of stuff. I just um, want to kind of jump on that. It's not just Nintendo that's doing that. So many other like Sony's been doing that with 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 their okay, PSX fine. and uh, Xbox Sorry. does it with their on on Mixer. They have. Uh, a ton of announcements pretty regularly um i mean they say everyone but nintendo pioneered it let's be fair they I'm started gonna, i'm doing gonna actually it. agree with you on that one like so yeah no it's, i totally with you um i mean everyone's still gonna save all their really huge stuff for e3 but let's, yeah but well i agree with you we'll, on we'll into, but anyway let's get into what was yeah, yeah we'll get into a little bit because i think there's there's something that'll lead into that mm-hmm. so we got a lot of um really interesting uh games coming out for the like nintendo consoles we're getting um a couple remakes mm-hmm. we're getting luigi's mansion on 3ds like mm-hmm. the original just they're just porting it over to, to the 3ds they're doing a remaster of uh same in the same vein that they did uh mario and luigi superstar saga they are doing bowser's inside story which in my opinion is the best one uh, mainly because you get to play as bowser for like 90 percent of the game and it's just fantastic yeah <laughs> Uh, now, the, 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 then they had a lot of weird stuff that I was like really, really surprised. I mean, we got like a new WarioWare too coming to 3DS, and which is fi- fine, I guess. I don't know. I think the only WarioWare I really liked was the one on the Wii, um, and everyone since then has been kind of okay. Um, yeah, yeah, like it was the only one that actually did a lot of like really cool stuff. Every other one just sort of like, and it's the reason I never got into the WarioWare games on like the advanced. They're just they're very like basic. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we got a lot of Switch uh, like games that just, oh my god. So um, first things first, we got uh, South Park, the Fractured Butt Hole, which was amazing hearing someone say that name in a Nintendo thing. <laughs> <laughs> we got the Crash Bandicoot insane trilogy insane. so like nothing is sacred anymore yep. that's i what? you know what the switch has become uh, such a good home for third parties now i like it makes perfect sense that everyone's jumping on board like it's 
But it's so weird because Crash Bandicoot was like Sony's Mario, and now yeah. Nintendo has just got <laughs> him. Like they're they're like Disney well, of video games. They're just taking over. I everything. think it also has to do with the fact that a lot of Sony's audience has changed. Um, in terms of the demographic that's buying the games and the way the game they're gearing towards mm-hmm. games. And so Crash Bandicoot is not a huge loss if it ends up being an, like an if, if it ends up going to a Nintendo console because I don't think it I, I don't think it was a very big moneymaker in comparatively I, I to anything it was. else. I, I think the new one did okay. No. It had yeah. that kind of fan reception, but I don't think it really made it moved any mountains. But is it even controlled by no, Sony? Really. No, it's, it's Activision. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Activision I think it's like the, it's a Probably it's that whole thing now where like it's it's the same thing with like Sega too, right? Like you know it's 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 funny to joke that like twenty years ago we we couldn't dream of like Sonic on a Nintendo console, and now it's like it's just a regular occurrence. Um, what I think is super interesting though, and cause I you know this was a rumor that I was reading like way back when because um, I I heard not to, or I was reading not too long ago that they um, kind of confirmed that they're doing a Spyro trilogy like in the same vein that they did Crash, mm-hmm. and then there were rumors that it was it was going to go to Switch. Hmm. So I think like with Crash now coming to the Switch, uh, it's probably like more or less, you know. I'm going to say probably in the 90 percentile that it's going that the crash or the the Spyro trilogy is probably going to come to Switch mm. as well. Well, that'd be cool. I think there, there's a, a big, a perfect audience for that. So. Uh. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, then we got uh, what else have we got? We got Okami HD on the Switch, which is like just fantastic. Like Okami was, but you know, and it's not even really all that like that unhurt uh, or like that's surprising because like Okami was ported to the Wii. Um, they made a standalone prequel Okami game for the DS. Um, so it just kind of makes sense that Okami HD would show up on the Switch sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's... Didn't the original come out on the Cube as well, too? I'm trying to remember. Um, I don't... I when did the original come out? PlayStation. I think so. Okami? Okami. Yeah. Maybe. I think it was PlayStation 2 that it got I think released so. and everything else. Yeah, I think it was, there was a version yeah. for Xbox at one point as well. Because the Wii one made the most sense. You had the like the paintbrush kind of thing. Maybe, like, maybe, I don't know that, if it ever hit the Xbox, actually. Right, it was the Wii version. Okay, so originally it came out for PlayStation 2 and Wii. Uh, in, mm-hmm. It's HD, anyway. Um, and then PlayStation 3, Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. So that's uh, the platforms it's available on right now. Yeah, and I mean, I'm excited for that just because, like... Uh, you know, I like I like seeing more games that are like kind of using the the Switch technology a little bit more. Like I've been playing a lot of Darkest Dungeon, yeah. and it was actually really surprising to me how much that that game is like better on the tablet. Like a lot, it's so much easier to navigate like the menus and like what's going on just by like tapping on your characters. Like actually using the controllers to try and like do stuff is a real yeah. pain. <laughs> So like use like seeing like Okami and like actually like you know you getting to use like like um, the motion controls for like painting stuff or even just using the touch screen like I like that they're doing like cool stuff that's actually going to make use of what the Switch is like capable mm-hmm. of yeah because I know everyone likes the Switch just as like a regular old console like because that's kind of like part of what it is but it does have all this really interesting like technology built into it that like people should be utilizing I uh, I agree. I think so. I think that's great. Uh, we saw some more. Then we got. Oh, go ahead. 
we got oh my god oh oh no sorry i was gonna gonna i was looking over here and i was gonna say we got some more footage for project octopath traveler which i'm really excited about Um, oh my god uh yeah that's it i'm just i am so it looks it looks and we know it'll be coming out on july 13th so that's very exciting yeah we got we did get a lot of release dates for stuff yeah Um, oh yeah that was um what was it that just that didn't have one before that just got one um i was just i just scrolled past it uh well, i think was eight has got a release date um for uh june 22nd mm-hmm. but uh we'll get into aces a little bit more too Let's, we'll, we'll get into that stuff anyway. Yeah, anyway before we get get more into this stuff um my favorite game of all time is coming to the switch and you had to have heard me scream See, yeah. from Hold over on, there when when i saw that trailer because i was kind of like i was kind of on twitter and i was kind of listening to it so i had the um like when the first sort of like like uh teaser thing came out and it's like who turned off the lights i went over to twitter and i just heard that like uh, uh, and i was like what <laughs> well here's the thing I'm, I, I'm, I'm like okay so before we just go into the game like I was watching, I know, uh, as we were all as a team kind of watching the whole, like the Nintendo Direct and Slack was going a mile, our Slack channel that we all share at the office here was going kind of a mile a minute. And I know, Jordan, you were giving uh, Khan a rundown of everything that was happening. And yeah, you just glossed over Undertale. And I was like, well, uh- what? <laughs> the heck? Why did you like? I was expecting like messages like I want. I called it was on Undertale. I Undertale was excited. Dance, Undertale on Switch. But anyway, I was a little excited. Um, I didn't. I didn't go nuts just because I know like what we we didn't get Undertale for PS4, which was weird. Yeah. So like, um, so I don't. I, we'll have to see how that one goes. But I mean, I was just excited by everything. But like when I like first just heard that familiar voice, like I lost my marbles on that one um and that one is so so interesting to me because like like i've i've talked a lot about like what undertale does and like how um interesting like how it's programmed to be like because that was one of the things i thought um was going to be lost when it was brought over the the playstation 4 because undertale does a lot of meta stuff Mm -hmm. and like a lot of like i guess like it just like saves like cookies all the time to like you know so if you like load up a save file after you do something something different will happen um and i thought that that was going to be weird i didn't know i thought that that would might that might be easier to do on pc versus an actual console but then when i saw just how like how easily they did it on the playstation 4 um it makes me really excited to know that the switch is capable of something like that too like we keep finding out more and more, a little bit more and more about what the switch is actually like capable of doing as a console with these games that keep coming out for mm-hmm. so uh, yeah so undertale <laughs> well i mean i'll, I'll say it now dibs yeah. like <laughs> 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 uh, just, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think, now anyone, will, I don't think anyone will fight you for that. Um, uh, knowing your got, uh, knowing your fandom for them. Oh yeah. So oh, we got. God. I love it. Um, we got some uh, Travis strikes again. No more heroes for Switch. Yes. That's I'm. I'm. I'm so excited for it. But you know what? Like I. Like, okay. I'm kind of. I'm kind of on the fence. But both sides of the fence are good. Like I like the fact that it's like like okay that it's like a new thing and it's trying to be different um i'm a little bummed out that it's like it looks as arcadey as it does because like no more heroes was a lot of fun and like actually having to like um kind of be like 
as much as it was just a very simplistic button masher, like there was a bit of a nuance to the combat. And this just looks very like fast paced, just hack them up. Um, but again, it's not a, it's not supposed to be like a legit no more heroes game. Like it is supposed to be like a, a little offshoot yeah, it's, thing. It's supposed to be. Little, um, little I'm a little confused as to what's going on because I thought initially uh, Suda was talking about how this game was going to be like, uh, sort of a parody of other games and like when like Travis gets sucked into the um like the death console or whatever it's called um like you were actually going to be playing games but as Travis and he was saying something about how there was going to be like a like a hotline Miami level and there was going to be like a shovel knight level like so it's weird to see what it actually might end up being versus what was being talked about unless you know they're playing their cards close to the I, chest I and they're not they- like Okay, so knowing how Suda normally does that with his games, I'm really guessing that they are going to be playing their cards very close to their chest on this one. I think what they're showing is something that is just enough that the rest of the game will be a huge surprise. Because like, even if you look at uh, assets that uh, they have released officially, there's nothing in any of those official assets on during the announcement that give any kind of indication as to what this game could really be. So yeah. seeing this, I think it's it's just very careful, very slow release, just just, a, just, just tasting, taste. just teasing. Because uh, yeah, I think I think it'll be a uh, I think it'll be exciting. Because the whole premise is that oh. Travis is going through what seven different game titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could experiment yeah. with so many different genres. Oh, absolutely. Because you know it, what what I thought was what they showed kind of looked a lot like Fury. Yeah, maybe. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to be a part of it. I don't know. It's uh, I, I can't wait to see more of it. I know that we have GDC coming up. There's packs coming up. And then in a couple months, we have E3. So I'm really sure we're going to see a little bit more, like little drips and oh, drops absolutely. as things come on. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be exciting. Uh, hopefully. Uh, um, then out. then what? We got, oh my God, we got Dark Souls. Well, we already knew the, the release date for Dark Souls, but we did get some gameplay footage and it yeah. looks good. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, it does. Although oddly enough, when when I was watching the like the stream for I guess what was the, the North American direct, um, I it kind of looked a little janky, and that got me worried that they might do something like put it at like uh, thirty fps and like even like lock it at uh, seven twenty. But then when I watched like footage from the Japanese uh, direct, it looked like the seamless, like it looked like it was running hmm. at sixty. So I don't know what they're gonna do. I hope they go the route of like Bayonetta, and and if they lock it at seven twenty, fine. Just make sure it runs yeah. at sixty. Like that is a must for Dark yeah. Souls. Uh, but I mean, who cares about any of that when you can get a Solera of Astoria <laughs> amiibo to go with? Oh my god, everything in the world is just right now. <laughs> I know you and Quinn were having uh, Brent, you and Brendan Quinn were having uh, quite the discussion. Well, he was Quinn really not happy. Doesn't care about amiibos. <laughs> And I do. I mean, why wouldn't you want that? That's so cool. Why wouldn't you want a Dark Souls amiibo? Like, there's nothing bad about any of that. I just wish there was more because I really want an Artorius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do a whole line. No, it's too. It's too horrifying. Give Kids a, wouldn't buy them. Give me a two pack like, with Manus and Artorius. <laughs> <laughs> Those things would be massive. They'd be like the Guardian amiibos, and they'd be like fifty hey, bucks a piece. Yeah. yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that okay? Is I that think, everything? Oh, well, it's not everything, but that's 
that's a lot of the uh well okay now we'll move on to the meaty meaty stuff now um we got the first or do you want to take a break no, and then we'll finish come back? Up, finish up Nintendo Direct. We'll okay. take a break and then we've got some uh, game reviews okay. after the break. So go with that. Yes. All right. So I'll try to I'll try to speed yeah. it up a little bit. Um so we got the first bit of paid DLC for Splatoon 2, which I'm fine with. They've done such a good job between Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2 of regularly updating it with free content like maps, weapons, tons of stuff. I'm perfectly fine with them, you know, adding some actual like paid content to it. But it's very cool that they're actually doing something that fans have wanted for a long time now, which is making the Octoling characters, like the who are like yeah. essentially the bad guys in Splatoon, playable characters oh, in cool. uh, Splatoon One. So they're doing a whole, there's doing a whole big story thing for the Octoling, like an Octoling character. Apparently, it's supposed to have a whole bunch of like lore for who the Octolings are, like where they came from, like what's actually going on. Um, and then once you beat that game, or once you beat that that main game, you can actually use the Octolings in the multiplayer, mm-hmm. which is really cool. A lot of people have wanted that for a long time. And I saw a really funny, interesting thing, and it can't possibly not be a coincidence. I'd say like try to Google it. Basically, the way that um, the two main characters of Splatoon, uh, Pearl and Marina, are like designed in this expansion, Pearl kind of looks like Biggie. And Marina kind of looks like two. <laughs> She's got like the white bandana and Pearl has like the crown. Yeah. And I looked at the covers for like their albums, like what they like, and they showed it. And I was like, there's no way that that's a coincidence. Like, <laughs> and it would make sense. Just, you know, it's, it's platoon tries to be very hip with the kids. And Biggie Smalls is hip with the kids. <laughs> He's underground. Where to God, Google, just Google Splatoon, Pearl and Marina. Uh, Biggie Tupac and you'll see it and there's no way it's not a coincidence uh-huh. um, then we got a lot of uh, gameplay footage for uh, Mario Tennis Aces and I gotta say it looks aces like it looks yeah it amazing. looks really cool I, like, I kind of liked what I saw I, you know what, what 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 I like the most about it is that it's not uh, like gimmicky like you know how in I, I think it was um it was uh, Mario Tennis uh, on the cube um and even the even kind of uh, Mario Tennis on the Wii U, like you get a lot of these like kind of like over the top power moves where like Mario's racket turns into a, a big hammer and just like kind of like it, you know, it's very like um, I almost want to say like like overly yeah. cartoonish, but everything in this game looks very like grounded in tennis. Like you know, your what are your like special abilities? The ability to aim your shot. The ability to get to a shot faster than normal. The ability to like, you know, um, like like do a quick dodge and like and move somewhere like fast, like stuff like that. That actually like it just so, sort of stays grounded in the game itself, but still adds that element of like um kind of like a like a, like a supernatural bit to it. So it makes it more fun and intense. Like I like that they're doing that. Like it's kind of like it's simple, but it's still like mm-hmm. extra. <laughs> and it just—I mean—it just—it looks—it looks great. Yeah, I, like, got, holy I got crap. nothing to add to that. You, you covered it all. That's about—that's exactly it. I'm oh yeah, worried. I nailed it. Oh, you um, worried? I'm actually a little worried about the new shots, really new abilities, because I like a pure experience in multiplayer. Mm-hmm. So when it comes down to basic well, shots, top spin, slice, lobs, all those, yeah, I definitely want. But to control my shot, and then there's even the uh, the counter power up, which is. Uh, the ability to like slow down time and just catch up to the ball. 
I don't know. It feels a little unnecessary to me and actually kind of took a little wind out of my sails. Well, Cole, to be fair, they did say that you can turn that stuff off. So, like, you can just play, like, basic tennis if you don't want to have all the cool power-ups and stuff. So I can't, like, imagine that they're not going to have an online mode where, like, you can just play, like, simple tennis. Yeah, I hope that's true. Yeah, but, like, even still, like, you know, it's just – I think it's just more the thing that, like – because it kind of felt like in the old – or the – I guess the not the older ones. It's it's a wrong thing to say. But, like, you know, the the predecessor Mario Tennis is, like – it just sort of felt like, you know, you would just get these power-ups and then it's just like, oh, here you go. Now I have a monster shot and you're, like, you're just going to lose this set, la-di-da. Like, now it feels like, you know, a lot of it is more tailored to the game itself. So, like, actually – playing a set well will give you like the like energy juice that you need to do these like special moves or like you know the fact that it's all just like grounded it it, it looks to me at least that it's balanced you know what i mean like you can yeah you can do an uh, like a power shot and aim it so it's kind of out of the out of the player's reach but then you can also counter that with like a slowdown or like a quick like risk like recovery shot like so it, it never it doesn't look like like at any one point one player is going to be more overpowered than the other yeah because there's that's that what sense, yeah yeah, sorry, Cole, anyway, what were you saying? There is that counterbalance. I, I am happy, though, that it's not, like, grounded in Mario. Essentially, that it's like, oh, there's no stars, there's no shells or whatever. It's grounded in the sport. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I miss? Do you guys remember the uh, the Mario Tennis game for the Game Boy and Game Boy Color? No. Where, like, no. you were legit just, like, a regular dude going to, like, a tennis academy. And, like, it it played, like, an RPG. You actually had to play matches, do, like, training, actually level up. And the whole idea was that, like, the, the Mario tennis thing was, like, this big legendary thing where you would go and, like, face off against Mario. So it kind of, like, had this, like, JRPG, like, story going on where, like, Mario just happened to be involved. Mm. It was amazing. <laughs> That actually does sound really cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was great. I'd love to see that come back. Like, regular schmucks? Or would you actually be facing off against Nintendo characters? Well, you'd start off against regular schmucks, and then you'd move up as you moved, like, higher and higher in, like, the rankings of, like, the tennis world, and then you'd start facing Mario characters. Okay, that's cool. That was, it was really cool. I think they remade it, too, for the, the Game Boy Advance, but, like, oh, yeah, no, it was so great. Um, yeah. All right, moving on. We got a couple more... Uh, uh, switch ports we're getting captain toad coming out on july 13th sure uh, captain toad was super underrated <laughs> loved that game. you say everything Actually, you say everything was underrated but no you not. know what no <laughs> one no one really got on to the the captain toad train and it was really cool just a very simple like um oh there's there's a name for it it's like it's like it's like a japanese like puzzle box style game where you actually like you know you have this like little thing and you have to rotate it to like see all the little nooks and crannies and where to get to um fun fact it actually was supposed to start off as a zelda game that's that was the whole conceit where like because captain toad can't jump hmm. so when uh the, the uh i don't think it wasn't a Anuma. someone else came to him with the, to miyamoto with this idea and it was like he basically brought him a little like actual puzzle box with like a little um like the uh the wind waker link and he's like, yeah, this is just a puzzle. Here, solve it. And then I think apparently Miyamoto said, this is great, but let's make it Mario. Huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was that. Uh, Hyrule Warriors 2 got uh, a release date for May 18th. Sure. That's going to be great. Love it. Isn't that the definitive di- edition that got the yeah, May 18th so all release? Yeah, the DLC yeah. and like, characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, then the 
the biggest release. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. So this is like this is why I love Nintendo Direct because like it's one of those things where you're just like you're just watching and like when I saw how this the, the, how this thing started and it starts off with like the original sort of Splatoon um, trailer. I was like, are they porting Splatoon 1 to the Switch? I was mm-hmm. like, come on. And then all of a sudden, you know, the inkling girl looks on with horror in the distance at the giant flaming logo that was Smash Bros. on the Switch. Yeah, boy. yeah I know. And This is a oh huge my God. thing. This is a big So huge. Now, I was a little surprised uh, at first, and I've been hearing, like, people sort of talking, like, more and more about this, because um, initially, I thought for sure this was going to be a port. Um, it just, it made sense to me, like, the timing of its release, the fact that Nintendo has been, like, throwing out all these ports, um, you know, with just added content. I was like, this this makes sense. You know, it's, it's the Smash Bros. We know and love for the Wii U. Add the Inkling characters. Add maybe, like, maybe one or two other characters and, you know, call it a re-release. But more and more information is suggesting that it might be a brand new Smash Bros. And that um, would make the most sense because really think about it, how big Smash Bros. is in the esports community. Whoa. Um, in, terms of well, Nint- is- in terms of Nintendo okay, games. Enough. In terms of Nintendo games. That's a fair statement. But like okay. to do it properly to appeal to that audience as well, they'd have to do something that was very uniquely Switch, I think. Um, yes, you know, but I think because this is the thing, um, and I know uh, this is like it was uh, something Cole had brought up, and I think we're going to get more into this in a different podcast. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> it's I think it's the idea that to me at least, Smash Bros. Four was kind of perfect, and if they kind of just kept adding content to it, like you could port it to the Switch, and just like if you just wanted to keep updating it with new stuff, like that would be fine. Um, so, you know, sh- sure. But the fact that, like, it's actually being uh, – supposedly it's actually being made by HAL Laboratories, whereas Smash Bros. 4 was made by uh, Bandai Namco. Yeah. And um, Masahiro Sakurai did tweet out that he has been working on a new Smash Bros. For, like, it's sort of in the shadows for a little while now, which is also weird to me because I thought he all, he said that Smash Bros. 4 was going to be his last one and then it was going to switch hands to a new studio. Yeah. Um, or like a new studio within Nintendo. So this is all a lot of information to uh, to sort of come out and process. Yeah, um, and it's so however, vague. So we'll have to just wait. We'll be waiting on, you know, with our beta. This is probably going to be an E3 yeah. game. This yeah, is something we're going to show a lot of at E3. I can only imagine. This is going to be the entire, like, Nintendo booth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. If they, don't, if they don't have an actual demo for it, then we're just, they're going to give us all the details that we need for, um, for this game at E3, yeah, I would imagine. Sure. But I would, like, I would love to, to – at least I would hope that, um, you know, we get – at least half the content that was in the Smash Bros. 4. I would just love to see at least Bayonetta just come back in this game. Because like I said on the last podcast, I really think that Bayonetta has become a Nintendo character. And I feel like she's earned her place in Smash Bros. I mean, it's still still a Sega-owned property, so... Yeah, but it's only showing up on Nintendo. Only because Nintendo's paying and Sega doesn't want to. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but as far as i'm concerned just get all the guest characters you can yeah yeah why not? i have some yeah. <laughs> 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 
No, get the Metal Gear Survive random guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we gotta get the we gotta get the unicorn zombies. That's the character to have in a Smash Bros. Well, clearly. Yeah. Big spiky face dummy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, no. So that that was huge. I'm so excited. Um, plus, they got it, like within the trailer itself, they showed Link in his uh, Breath of the Wild outfit. Mm. So. Um, and then I heard people being like, oh, yeah, that's that's Odyssey Mario. And I'm like, how? It looks like regular Mario. <laughs> like, I guess in the in the in the sense that every Mario has looked the same. <laughs> but but now it's Odyssey Mario. Was he wearing the hat? Was he wearing a hatty? No, that's, name, Hattie? that's the thing is I, I, you can't Cappy, see Cappy's Cappy. eyes. So like, <laughs> guys, the new name is Hattie. It's Hattie. It's not Cappy Hattie. anymore. Hattie McCapperson, <laughs> the third. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, what wonderful. Yeah. yeah, but that that would be weird too because how would the, the mechanics of how like Odyssey works, I don't think would work in a Smash Bros. Just throwing your hat and everything and, and momentarily taking uh, over another person. I'm sure they'd come up with something. I mean, it'll be No, I'm sure it's going to just be regular old Mario. Yeah. But anyway, that was Nintendo Direct. It was pretty It was pretty intense. Oh, was a, there was a lot to digest on yeah. that one. Yeah, and But yeah. I mean, it's it's great like like um, you know, it's just Nintendo is continuing to keep up that momentum. Like, like who would have thought? I didn't think they were going to announce a Smash Bros. for Switch for another like year. And here they just come out of the gate. They're just they're not going to stop keeping eyes on, on the system. And again, like this is just another like power move by Nintendo because I'm sure there's going to be a, a Smash Switch bundle down the road. So who's not going to want... Like, they released Smash Bros. hoping that it would save the Wii U. And to a certain extent, people bought Wii U's to play Smash Bros. But Smash Bros. on a system people actually actually want to own? That's going to be gangbusters. Yeah. yeah. Well... Now will they resurrect the game? They're doing great. They're crushing it. And they're just they're not letting up. Yeah. Now will they resurrect the GameCube controller once again? Uh I don't think so because this the the Wii or the Switch controllers are pretty like legit. Um I feel like to do that, you know what? I I I can't imagine that or maybe maybe. I want to say maybe because it seems like hey, we can make money that way. Um, but I'm I I I'm, I'd sooner say that they'd probably do like a firmware update where like the because they were weren't they USB con, uh, controllers? Yeah, I think so. No, yeah, they had no. to get a USB adapter because they were they had this. It was a circular. It's still plug. the GameCube. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So they were just normal controllers that you needed the, the dongle for. So maybe they might re-release those or like you know be, and make them compatible with the Switch. Um, because it has USB ports. Uh, who knows? I'm sure they. I'm sure they'll do something like that because you know money. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Okay, guys. I think it's time we take a break. Uh, and when we come yes. back, we're gonna hear some game reviews. All right, cool. Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always five dollars short. Lame. Wait, five bucks short? You say? Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of coupons past. Are you scared? What the f- 
Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next Comic Bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG, all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next Comic Bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next Comic Bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. The Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. And we're back. Thank you again to all our sponsors. Um, and Brendan Fry. Hello there. Hi. Wow. Where did you come from? I don't know. You, Magic. You were very quiet for this whole <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so uh, you got your hands on some new gameplay for Five Cry 5 this week, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I got to go to Ubisoft... Um... Uh, Ubisoft Studios in downtown Toronto, and I got to play some of the Far Cry 5s. You know what the best part about this Far Cry 5 is? The actors? No. Well, yes. <laughs> no. Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. No, shush. <laughs> this is my moment. Cheeseburger, the diabetic bear. Yes. The best part of Far Cry 5. But anyway, go on. Why is he diabetic? He had a lot of hamburgers. Yeah, he ate, he ate too many cheeseburgers. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And name. now he's on a diet of salmon. Yeah. So that'll help with the diabetes. And you know all that, that... <laughs> Okay, wait, can we can we pause for a second? Why? Why what? Why what? <laughs> Why any of what you guys just said because about this bear? Far cry. <laughs> why do a hey, why do we know his backstory? The developers told us as they just introduced him on Steam. It was a very important part point to the plot. <laughs> also, as a side note, this is a buddy you can use in the game to make sure that uh, when you're fading down a lot of enemies, you can send your bear buddy after them. Of course. Does the bear no, talk? It's just a bear. Uh, and there's so how do we know he's on a salmon because... diet? I got too many questions. Okay, I'm focusing yeah. on the wrong thing. Okay. Please continue. Um, <laughs> so. I got to play about 15, 20 minutes of the game. Not as much as I'd like because it was a... It was, just, it was an event. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to kind of really get a good hands-on at an event when everyone's, you know, partying around you and doing interviews and giving hugs. It's, it's really hard to get a good hands-on at a uh, game of this scale. Uh, but it basically is more Far Cry. It's a really pretty looking Far Cry. Um, I think the setting they picked is really good for the the world. It's uh, set in um, rural Northern America. Northern America? Yeah. The the, the South. No, it's not the South. No, it's It's Montana. It's Montana? Montana? Yeah. Well, well. (laughs) But here's the thing. Based on the characters and the narrative they're telling, no, it's like it's taking place in the Ozarks, I believe. Okay, 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 that makes sense then. Yeah. Well, if it's Montana, that's like that's no, way but, north. Okay, that's like so it's, Canada. It, in in terms of like the narrative, it's it's kind of going for this very um, what's so yeah, America. very like America kind of thing. The answer, but where is it? It is set in the fictional Hope County, Montana. Yeah, yeah. I was right. There you go. <laughs> but but anyway. So that's Northern oh, America. It <laughs> it's supposed to have that, have that Ozark feel. Yeah, yeah. Like kind of um, mountain people and that sort of stuff. 
with a lot of uh, trucks and rednecks and all that. Cult leaders. Cult leaders. Yeah, cult leaders. There's a lot of cult leaders. Um, also, it's hard to judge how the gameplay is going to be. It has that frantic, fast, uh, chaotic feel of all Far Cry's. Yeah. But where Far Cry really shines is in its villains and in, in its way of telling story. And in the 50 minutes I got to play, I got to see none of that. <laughs> um, but we did get to hear a little bit about it. Yeah, no, we, we got to hear the the um, main villain's actor discuss how the game really works, what his role in it, and how he had no idea about games before this point. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, he was talking about, like, yeah, I thought games were like Pong, and I didn't know why they'd need a story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he also... It's, it's interesting because when we were watching him on stage, he had this moment where he was talking about his own life and how he got, he was a struggling actor. And then he seamlessly transitioned into a lines from the game. Yeah. About, so he talked about his wife and how they, they're struggling, but he's pushing forward. And then he goes on to talk about how the main character's wife got into a car accident and he has to go to the hospital and he saw his son and he prayed to God. And then he knew what he had to do, and he had to he pinched that air tube to his son because that's the only way to only to show that only the strong will survive. And I'm like, what is oh, going geez. on? Yeah, geez, and then I'm indeed. End like, scene. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> like, and he had the entire auditorium like Captain believing David. that we need to call the cops. Should we call the cops? He's just admitted to killing his son. Yeah. Oh, did you mention his name, by the way? No, we I We should not. probably have said that. Yeah, so it's Greg uh, Greg Brick. Yeah. Brick? I don't know. With a Y. Um, but anyway, yeah, he, it was, it, we were all so creeped out. Like, yeah. he, he was very creepy. He, <laughs> he manifested this character. It was, it was chilling. It was, it was really well done. But I also think the best Far Cry's had the good villains. You had Far Cry 3 with Vass. Yeah. I mean, the main bad guy, who cares? Because Vass, like, stole the show. Exactly. Um, Far Cry 4 is Ming? Was it Ming? Pagan Ming. Pagan Min, yeah. He was insane. I, I lost it with 4, though, actually. I, I think the, the main concept was neat. Yeah. The beginning was neat. And then it kind of went on this weird side tangent for a while. And then came back to him. Yeah, and I still love that secret ending in in four, where you literally just sit in the chair, and if you leave it for about fifteen minutes, he comes back. He comes he back and leave. says, "Oh, I have something to show you." You fly away in a helicopter, and that's the end of the game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he brought you down yeah. to show you one thing. The game will just end, just because that's all he wants is for yeah, you to just sit it. there and wait. He just wants to, for you to wait, and then he'll take you somewhere because he has to go deal with the rebellions. <laughs> well. So no, Far Cry 4 is neat because it does have that he's being honest that that's what he brought you there was to show you one thing, and you just happen to get up and like start a massive chaotic adventure. Well, yeah, it's really neat. So I, I think the 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 humor like the Saints Row series was strong when it's humorous and made no sense. Yeah, and I think the Far Cry is the same way. Mm -hmm. or the Far Cry series is the same way. And they've spent a lot of like uh, we we got to also talk with the um, the narrative mm -hmm. narrative director and narrative. the lead writer. Yeah, um, they spent a lot of time really focusing very heavily on the story that's centered around all of these characters and tying it together and really going in depth in what they want like what they want to accomplish yeah. with the whole yeah. main goal. Um, and like the, you could tell by, like the fact that 
they weren't really they were talking about the story but they were more focused on every character yeah that had to do with the particular arc that they were focusing on for that um that uh uh presentation and yeah it's it's going to be like i think it's the story itself is already just so intriguing the characters they've created are really interesting um it's gonna be and you can fish that's yeah. all i really care about <laughs> you can fish and cheeseburger the diabetic bear that's all i care about for far cry but i, I mean it, it... It made me more excited for the title after seeing it, seeing what work went into it, and seeing how they're kind of characterizing it. Yeah. Like, before uh, Saints Row 3 came out, I was skeptical. Saints Row 3 sold me the Saints Row franchise, and I think Far Cry 3 and now Far Cry 5 are selling me on this concept of this just chaotic universe. that you It's an open-world sandbox with serious stuff going on, but you don't need to do any of that if you don't want to. And I think that's that's kind of a neat concept. Because what sells me on it? But isn't that kind of Ubisoft's bread and butter, though? Like, that's almost every game they make now. It's like Assassin's Creed's like that. It's crazy-ass sandbox with a whole billion things Not to exactly, do. And it's Jordan. like the side, the, no, no, the no, main Jordan. story is like no, 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 garbage. I, I think Assassin's Creed is self-serious. I think Far Cry doesn't take itself seriously, and I think that's what makes it fun. Like, the open world sandbox is give or take. Who cares? Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's the self-serious or the lack of self-seriousness that makes Far Cry worth looking into. Yeah. Yeah, what were you say- going to say, Cole? Well, because what sells me on a Far Cry game is is the setting and the flavor. Yeah. So, like, I avoided Primal. Yeah. It, it just wasn't for me. Oh, yeah, I forgot Primal existed. That was yeah, Exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then 4, it, it just felt like it was trying to be another version of yeah. 3. And when you really got into that world, you're like, it's just the same. Yeah kind of experience but five looks like they're refining everything down mm-hmm. they're trying to make it just much more of a chaotic experience they want you to really embrace the yeah. chaos and i think that's embracing chaos is what makes far cry fun yeah. although i have to admit i still love far cry 2 oh yeah far cry 2 is so weird you just have malaria drugs through the entire game. <laughs> it's just something you have to do. Magic sickness. Yeah, and then you have, like, you can set entire fields on fire and just let it burn. Because yeah. that's fun. It's a weird <laughs> game. <laughs> that's, all, that, that's it. I mean, like, really, it, it, I'm going to have be- more things to say once that game's out. But right now, it's it's just nonsense, and it's chaotic nonsense that could be really fun, but also could get tedious. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's exciting. All right, gentlemen. I think that'll uh, that'll do it for today. So we've we wow, we had a lot of stuff to talk about. Today. <laughs> it was a busy two weeks. Well, this is what happens when we we you know we're uh, taking a little bit of a a break. But uh, anyway, listeners, thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you hear or you want to know more about the things we talked about, please visit us at cgmagonline.com. You can like and subscribe to our podcast on Buns Podcast Network, Apple iTunes, uh, I mean Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Facebook at CG Magazine, on Instagram at CG Mag Online, and on Twitter at CG Mag Online. Gentlemen, do you want to plug your Twitters? Sure. Call at Kaiser underscore Watson. And Brendan. Bfry26. And Jordan. I'm at and Ninja I'm Jordan at underscore. Awesome with no ease. Uh, you can p- catch past episodes of Pixels and Ink on YouTube, so subscribe to our channel. Uh, guys, since we're here, anybody want to plug anything else that we're doing at CG Magazine? Cole, do you have something to plug? Could we perhaps I be talking about the Anime Research Society, the only 
British inspired <laughs> anime podcast. There is no British inspired. Okay, anyway, what? we just have a fancy theme. We have a fancy theme. Yeah, but when and we can check. You can check out. Yes, it's just actually. Did you hear it? It's just like that. Um, so anyway, uh, you can catch me and Cole, uh, Preston Doza, and Remington. Uh, Joseph. Joseph. <laughs> I was tripping on my tongue on that uh, on every Wednesday. And Jordan, do you have something you want to plug? Yes. I do mean, it again. I feel like I plugged it a lot. Just, just, the, just, just plug show. it. We have the Coffee and Cartridges podcast where we sit down and get to the heart, the meat of real issues in real video games. Grab your cup. Grab your cartridge. It's going to be a hot one. Starring me, Jordan, Lisa, and also Brendan Quinn. Also, whoever we find on the street. <laughs> it, it, it's it, kind of is. it kind of is. <laughs> We're still working out the, the kinks. Every every week yeah. is a new experience. Every new and week. And you will every be able to see that adventure. one uh, every other Monday or so, uh, depending on things. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> so uh okay, thanks yes. again to buns podcast network and comic bento for sponsoring our podcast and from everyone here at cg magazine have a great weekend <laughs>